Welcome to A Brief Chat. This is the episode for Monday, February 3rd, 2020. I'm Owen Crane. I'm Jason Crane. We'll be back for A Brief Chat right after this. Greetings. I'm DJ Lily, a devoted listener to and member of Jason and Owen's podcast, A Brief Chat. In addition to regularly talking about food, one of my favorite topics, in each episode, they discuss big and small philosophical issues with each other and then with someone else who has insight into the subject. They have made me tear up a few times but laugh so much more often with their gift for talking about matters that are relevant to everyone and in such an open way that it's nearly impossible not to ponder the same topics in your own life. It's like therapy without needing to change out of your pajamas. If you want to be a member too, and you should, Go to abriefchat.com and click on support the show. Then listen for what Jason and Owen are cooking up next. Hello. Hello. We missed last week. Yeah, we did. We're very sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, everybody. We, uh, well, I was sick. I was also and sick. You were also kind of sick. Yeah. So between us, we were sick, and so we didn't do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I got to be totally honest, the... Having this podcast is, I think, a little bit falling prey to the general disorder in our lives at the moment as we kind of pack up and, mm-hmm. you know, our schedules shift a little bit and we're Trying in moving to, mode. Yeah, juggle like eight extra things at yeah. once. So yeah, sorry exactly. about that. But, you know, we'll do the best we can. And then once we're settled in Tucson in March, you know, things should uh, should smooth back out again. But today we're not talking about moving. Today, instead, we decided we would talk about politics. We had a, a moment last week where I... Uh, an anarchist texted my partner, who is you, an anarchist, and said, hey, I think I would like to volunteer for the Bernie Sanders campaign. And you said, hey, I think I'd like to volunteer for the Bernie Sanders yeah. campaign. <laughs> and we discovered... Hey, I've been on a listserv for the Bernie Sanders <laughs> campaign for the last six months. This is me telling you. And so I thought today maybe we could talk a little bit about our opinions of electoral politics, yours and mine, and the ways in which they might differ. And also the ways in which, because I think, especially, well, I don't know about especially, but certainly in my case, I know that I have been undergoing a shift, kind of a swinging of a pendulum uh, back toward doing some electoral political work, which I had swung pretty far away from for a while. And this is a pretty hilarious exercise for me, because I have always struggled with putting voice to my political thoughts and the kind of intense fact recall <laughs> that it requires is something where I'm like, I know that this is an issue, but my brain can't make the words happen right now. Yeah. So what? tell me about how you feel either now or how you have felt about electoral politics, kind of where you're, where you're at. And when I say that, I don't, I'm, right now, at this point, I'm not talking about particular candidates or whatever. I'm talking about kind of writ large like as a thing to engage in um well i mean i was raised with a very strong sort of support for electoral politics simply because it was like hammered in time and time again like the reason my grandfather in his words like joined the navy and like fought in world war ii was for like in his terms american freedom and for him a lot of that was the ability to vote um, my grandfather voted in every single election he could. 
Um, it was very important for him. He was uh, a staunch Republican. However, in 2016, he was 98. It was the first time he didn't vote for a presidential candidate. He just did not vote for that. He voted like everything else on the ticket, but he didn't do that. And I was like, fuck yeah, Grandpa. <laughs> At least we're doing that little bit of harm reduction. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I started with like a big base of, you know, pro electoral politics. And then as I got older, um, kind of had my own political awakening and learned more in depth about the American electoral process versus other countries' electoral processes and how broken <laughs> the um, electoral colleges, you know, reading some criticisms too, even about like direct vote systems and in other countries, just I have a more nuanced understanding of it now, but I still feel like as much as I am, I consider myself, I guess, like an anarcho collectivist, I guess is the term. Communities have to make collective action. And so there's a lot of, I mean, that, that kind of very easily turns into you have elections, you know, you, you vote on stuff. Um, you still have to act in the system that you exist in though. Like I can have my, like what my ideal political world would be, what I think would work the best for the most amount of people, but you still have to act in the system that you're in now, unfortunately. And whether it's just harm reduction or, you know, there is actually a way of <laughs> subjugating the system, how it stands to try to make it work for the people, you gotta. I mean, you just, you have to. <laughs> it's, there's, no, there's no other option. So where I find myself in... I don't know about conflict, but certainly in a quandary around things like that, is that I I don't really believe this that our our capitalist and uh, quote unquote democratic systems can be reformed. I don't think that's a path. I don't think that's a path that it's possible to successfully get to the end of. Oh, agreed. And yeah. so, like working. We do have to live in the world we live in, and we have to acknowledge the presence of the systems that exist. Where I always struggle is with the idea of, quote-unquote, working within the system, because I, just generally speaking, don't really want to. However... I am trying now to have a more nuanced view. I started off in a family that voted, but it wasn't like your family are like election volunteers and that kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Like my mom and I have been poll workers and yeah. all that stuff. And I didn't come out of a family background like that. I mean, people voted, but it wasn't like no one ever gave a big speech about why that was important or anything like that. Um, and then I became more of an activist than the family that I came out of. And for a while, that looked very much like political activism. I was the chair of the Green Party in the county I lived in where Rochester, New York is. Then I ran for city council in Rochester as a Green. And then I switched to become a Democrat, essentially for exactly the reasons you were just laying out, that the 
the control of the system that existed was there. And so I did the thing that many people do and thought, well, I'll get inside the system and try and work from there. And so I became a, a Democratic committee member. And then, and during all of this time, I voted either Democrat or Green, um, you know, so for Bill Clinton, and then for Ralph Nader, I'm and so then for to vote for Clinton, <laughs> and then for uh, you know whoever was the opponent of the, the Republican candidate in subsequent elections. I mean, up until 2016, I was definitely solidly in the Bernie Sanders camp, and then of course. You know, I think through chicanery on the part of the Democratic National Committee, we ended up getting, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, for whom I did cast a vote, even though, you know, that vote was to me largely akin to just setting my vote on fire. And then, of course, we got Donald Trump. And so now it's in the aftermath of Trump, I, I think I just really became disgusted with the political process. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. And but I don't I don't even mean just because of Trump's election, but because it really seemed like there, after my entire lifetime, kind of one mediocre president after another, who was you know one mediocre Democratic president uh, interleavened with even less than mediocre Republican presidents, but who all had this roughly the same centrist policies that were pretty awful. It began to seem to me like the only real path toward change was building smaller worlds at a smaller scale. That large-scale national electoral politics was not a useful place to invest my time. And that instead, working on building smaller communities of mutual aid was where it was at. And I still feel that, that that is true. But I have started to be turned around a little by people like Mel from Coffee with Comrades and Maximilian from Working People Podcast and other things I've been listening to that have reminded me that many people, for many people, the political system as it exists now is their the only access they either have time to participate in, the only access they feel is granted to them to participate in the world around them in a political way. Most people aren't in unions, so they don't get a say on the job in that kind of democratic way. And then the large kind of business unions, their political activities, I think, are often kind of suspect. But to just dismiss electoral politics as if it were nothing more than propping up an unjust system is both a privileged and a dangerous position to take. In recent weeks, then, we have started to talk about doing stuff on behalf of Bernie, um, which began, I think, with both of us donating some money. And we don't have very much money, but we donated some money. Yeah. And then getting on the list to uh, do volunteering, you know, when when it pops up. And I feel pretty energized about it, pretty excited about it. Yeah. I mean, Bernie was the first candidate that ever made me, like, actually kind of happy to vote for. 
a candidate, not just like, well, this is like the least bad one, even though this candidate still sucks ass. Bernie's not without fault. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of things, but he's also the only candidate I've seen in recent history that also actively tries to learn from his issues and has shown like steady growth um, throughout his very long (laughs) political career trying to be a part of that you know it it feels more (laughs) life-giving trying to be a part of that rather than like trying to force yourself to support hillary clinton of all people yeah yeah because i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't be able to campaign for her i wouldn't be able to do that i mean i voted for her then it was my first ever presidential vote (laughs) and i felt better about that you know i was like okay well like i had a say in this maybe but still i don't do super well and i know this about myself i don't do super well with nuance all the time like i know that's a shortcoming i know this about you yeah that's okay i tend to be a fan of the there is good and there is evil and i want to just fight on the side of the good and against the obviously evil i also tend to be the kind of person who once something has done me wrong just exercises it completely out of my life yeah you have the you are maybe the best bridge burner i've ever seen (laughs) in my life yeah that's not a compliment um when I finally reached a level of disgust, I mean, after, you know, I started doing electoral work seriously almost 20 years ago. When I finally reached a level of real disgust with it, I just got rid of it. And I became a zealot about getting rid of it, you know, really criticizing its existence and other people who got involved with it. And I still believe very, very firmly that in many situations we use electoral politics as a means of distracting ourselves from what we could get done if we just did the thing we were electing other people to try and do on our behalf. Yeah, definitely. And then we put the power in another person's hands rather than actually using the power ourselves. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. That That is a thing that happens constantly. We don't need anybody to legislate the new world for us. We could just make it. But we're not making it in most situations. And the fact that the legislated world exists is harming a lot of people. Yes. So initially I thought, well, there's a way back in just even from a harm reduction standpoint. Now, though... I want to be more excited about it. I want to I don't want to see electoral politics just as another piece of armor to strap on to get hit less hard. I want to see it as a uh, a weapon to use that can only be that is heavy enough that it can only be wielded by a bunch of people lifting it together, but that when it is wielded can do real good. I continue to think that the best arena for that is the local level oh yeah i mean i can't even imagine something like that working on a national scale right now just because of like the power structures that already exist like right now today but i think it's definitely possible on a local level i mean you can see plenty of like even like big cities 
being able to do that recently. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if we have enough of those and we even have some like state examples, you know, take it to the states and then take it to the national level. I mean, that's how really most progress has happened recently, you know, over the past decade. That's how, you know, same sex marriage got passed. You know, Bernie Sanders, for whatever that he's a 78 year old white guy with a lot of money, he's just not he's not like anybody else who's been both. Well, I will say he's not like anybody else who's had any kind of a shot in my lifetime. There have been other candidates whose positions are even better than Bernie's who are not in a major party and the chances that they would be elected were completely dependent upon a meteor striking and killing all the other candidates (laughs) from the major parties. It was virtually zero. Exactly. Bernie's the first candidate, and I got to lay my cards on the table. You know, I have radicalized slowly over years. I cried when Barack Obama was elected. I mean, I just sat in the living room, watched him be elected, cried happy tears, just to be clear. I'm not a Klan member. No, Jesus. I, uh, I... I watched him win the election, and I mean, I just wept in my living room. I thought it was so wonderful, you know, to see a, a black man be elected as yeah. president of the United States. And well, and in that way, it was wonderful. Yes, he just was never. He never pretended to be, and he never was anything but a centrist politician, and and a very pro-war, as yeah. it turns out, pro-killing civilians. Exactly, it was kind of all of us around him who were like. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius right now, and you know, <laughs> let's all get on board the peace train. Yeah, and that he wasn't that, but I mean, I think he was more than willing to let a lot let of young do activists that. do that. You yeah. know, the difference I feel with Bernie is that he's the first candidate in my lifetime who had any kind of a shot, like who was actually polling it in numbers that were more than one digit, and actually believes in many of the same things that I believe in. Yeah. And in enough of the same things that to quibble about the differences is incredibly self-defeating and misses a real opportunity. And gives enough of a categorical shit about people who are not currently in power and isn't just like a voice for them in face only yet, you know, actively works against them behind the scenes or in action like his words and his deeds have have matched up and obviously again hasn't always been perfect but but has you know worked to resolve those things in seemingly meaningful ways so this kind of sounded like an ad for Bernie. And I mean, quite honestly, I'm okay if it sounds like an ad for Bernie. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And there's <laughs> plenty of, if you want to like learn more about like why Bernie, um, I think you should definitely listen to the Working Pods episode. Um, working People Podcast. Working People Pod. It's, it's too many words. Yeah. That's three. I can only do two words. <laughs> yeah, they released a really good episode today with a bunch of other contributors from other podcasts and media outlets um, kind of going through the main, the top candidates uh, who will be involved in, as we're recording this, today's Iowa caucus. And uh, it's really good. It's really, it's thoughtful and it's, you know, very lefty. And it is a bunch of people who, you know, self-identify in a variety of ways, but who I think share, you know, 95% of our politics and have a lot of smart things to say about the candidates. Yeah, and those politics are generally, let's not hurt people. 
and yeah. let's try to help people live the best lives possible, no matter who those people are, you know, as a collective of humans in this area. Yeah, it's not complicated. <laughs> no, it's really not. And it's not like, well, these people should have some stuff and these people shouldn't. Like, it's, I feel like our politics are quite simple. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. We, like I said, you know, we're just, we're in the middle of moving uh, 2,100 miles away and uh, we don't actually have a place to live yet. So next week we go out to find a place. And then two weeks after that, assuming that next week is successful, we take all our stuff in a truck and we drive from Pennsylvania to Arizona and start our new lives. So we got a little going on and the show might be a little sporadic and that's why there haven't been guests and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, we'll be back to our, our regularly scheduled uh, mayhem soon enough. So that's it. I love you. I love you. We, we love, love you. you. A better, a better world, world is possible. possible.